This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Hello, hello, good evening to all, and welcome to tonight's episode of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele, and I'm always pleased to be in your company. Definitely, tonight is not an exception. Uh, let me, uh, before we proceed, acknowledge my predecessors, Kathy, uh, Vusi, Lindewa, and Zanati, of course, Mandy. Thank you guys for doing a sterling work and for keeping the Ha listeners well entertained and, and hopefully informed. Um, as always, I'm not flying solo. I'm with Tabum Langani, who is the technical producer for the show, and he will be helping me to navigate the show. And, and as always, you know, giving us um, uh, the insight on, on, on when and how um, to stop. Technically, he's my boss, and, and, and for that, Tabu, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Doc. I would love to be your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you are my brother. You are. Uh, uh, tonight's uh, show is it's around ethical leadership. Um, you know, I have a special guest tonight um, who I think is more responsible for steering the, tonight's conversation around ethical leadership, something that we, bo- we both share um, uh, uh, and, and very passionate about. Uh, his name is Mzolisi Mkumanda from the Mkumanda Advisory Services. Um, uh, just give you a bit of a backdrop of that particular uh, um, you know, article. It was published by the City Press uh, the previous city press uh, the previous uh, Sunday, and is entitled "Leadership Beyond Corporate Culture," and um, you know uh, the, the the article is informed by Conscious uh, Companies uh, Award, uh, which will take place on the seventeenth of May, uh, somewhere in Rosebank, and um, there are a number of prominent uh, leaders display, uh, and I think it's a very noble thing because we have a, a number of prominent uh, leaders who are really making a dent uh, insofar as bringing about conscious um, companies, um, responsible citizens, so to speak, in a manner that uh, is aligned with international best practice, particularly when you, when you, ref, you reflect a little bit around King 4. So essentially that's going to be the, 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 the conversation uh, uh, of tonight's show. Um, as always, you're welcome to drop me your SMSs. Um, they are definitely welcome as they, uh, in a way, inform the nature and the text of the show. Uh, your SMS line, our SMS line, as you know by now, is 3451995. My WhatsApp uh, line is 061-895-109. And of course, my email address is nimrod at And um, I hopefully have been quite loyal uh, in terms of those that have been sending me their emails. I promised last week that I'll be a diligent dude. I hopefully I'm living up to that expectation. Um, before I proceed, let me take this opportunity to welcome my institute guest, um, Zolisim Kumanda from Kumanda Adversary Services. Nimura, thanks very much for uh, inviting me here. It's nice to be in the studio for a change. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sir. Um, the reason why um, um, you know I took interest in your proposition around the article, which I also found very useful and entertaining. Um, and thought-provoking, uh, I think that's the operative word for me, is that we, we know the, for a fact that the consequence of unethical leadership uh, amongst others um, you know, um, leads to tax evasion, falsifying of qualification, acquiring uh, tenders through legal means, cater deployments, bribery, money laundering. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. These are the, the downside of unethical behavior. Yeah. And it's not something that South Africans are not aware of. We have seen it um, over and over and again. And, and this, for me, begs the question. 
Uh, perhaps maybe let me just also, you know, reflect a little bit on Chief Mkhoi Mkhoi's uh, uh, position around the importance of um, ethical leadership. He says um, uh, South Africa needs ethical leadership um, um, that can inspire and encourage. And, and what I'm taking from that inspiration and encourage, uh, which are the two uh, 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 items from that quote that are worthy of of really getting um, you know um, the, the discussion moving, uh, because you talk about leadership that is courageous and and the leadership that inspire people to do better or to become better. Um, and again, any conversation around transformation be it in the private sector or public sector, is an opinion by the Constitution. From where you're sitting, would you agree with me that perhaps maybe we, the, 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 the character nature of, of, of corporate, um, particularly around ethical leadership, is informed by the Constitution? What's your take on that? Um, it, it's, it's interesting that you mention um, the Chief Justice and his comments there. I think what he's saying is informed by the Constitution, specifically the preamble to the Constitution, which basically imposes responsibilities upon individuals and companies for the realization of the fundamental rights as enunciated in the Constitution. Uh, you know, companies through their boards need to appreciate that to be successful or sustainable, they must factor into their operations the reality that South Africa comes from a difficult past. And not, there isn't anyone who doesn't know this. I mean, it's pretty clear. Uh, it's also at their responsibility, the board that is, uh, as corporate citizens, citizens to contribute towards the eradication of um, the illegal of apartheid. Now, Nimrod, the Companies Act also bears this up uh, in Section 7 uh, of the Companies Act, uh, by endorsing this principle uh, that that's enunciated in in, in in the preamble to the constitution, by stating that the purpose of the act is to promote compliance with the Bill of Rights as provided for in the constitution, to also promote the development of South African economy by encouraging transparency, which is important in, in, for in, as far as corporate governance is concerned. Uh, as well as high standards of corporate governance as appropriate, uh, given the significant role that companies within the social and economic life of the nation uh, is concerned. The question, though, is whether companies apply this, particularly private co- private sector companies. I have my doubts. <laughs> what, what? Okay, um, interesting um, um, intro. What what informs your doubts and and how did you come to that determination that you you question the extent to which private companies are practicing or living up to the expectations of ethical leadership? You mentioned earlier uh, at the, the beginning of your uh, comments the article that appeared in the City Press mm-hmm. as an example. The skeptic skeptic in me looks at this uh, this these uh, finalists. Uh, ten of them, one. Only one is black. Now, and it, it, it just appears right at, the, at towards the end of the uh, of the pictures. It just appears to me as though it, it, it is an afterthought. Now, I sitting here, I'm not. I don't know what the criteria are of having chosen these people, uh, but it would appear to me about seven or eight of them are. Corporate sector, you know, corporate sector CEOs or, or, or high-profile 
people in leadership positions in, in the corporate sector, in the private sector. And then this guy is 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 is, is from the I'm trying to look at the name here is, is from Papama Initiatives, which appears to be a a, a which, which appears to be a a a a, a, a an, an NGO. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I mean, that to me is is an indication that uh, there may very well be that you know. Um, uh, to put the to cut the story short, I think the I have the, my doubts about. I just need to show I haven't seen the the criteria, mm-hmm. but I, I still have questions about why you know I, 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 the track record of private sector isn't doesn't is not convincing, and mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the top echelons. Okay, and and this here is a reflection of that. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe let me just come back. Are you are you, are you therefore suggesting that the article published by City Press, um, which entitled "Beyond uh, Leaders Beyond Corporate Culture," um, you have your doubt in so far as uh, what? Because the, the the issue at hand is ethical leadership. Uh, what do you find uh, untoward about this particular article as it stands? When I look at this article, I see lack of transformation. Okay. When I look at this article, I I see people who who, who make uh, pronouncements about the fact that they they follow King uh, King Code corporate governance. Mm-hmm. Now, corporate governance talks about the, uh, the, the, the philosophy of corporate governance mm-hmm. uh, is is about ethical leadership, mm-hmm. is about sustainability, is about corporate citizenship. Mm-hmm. This picture to me looks uh, a picture that's, that 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 doesn't talk to 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 ethics, because the lack of transformation for me talk is is a, is is an indication of of unethical behavior by by the corporate by the by the private sector. The second thing, is, of course, is that that this, the second part of the uh, uh, philosophy uh, talk to sustainability. For as long as companies are not transformed, uh, we we shall we can't talk about sustainability in the private sector. Okay. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, great. Um, I I hear you, uh, Mzo. But, but perhaps maybe let's try and locate this particular article in a context of uh, Kim Four, for an example. And we know Kim Four is about what sixteen, seventeen uh, principles. Yeah. Which principle, in your view, this article um, um, does not subscribe to? As, it's, as 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 you see it, it it doesn't it doesn't subscribe it, it doesn't relate to principle three. Uh, principle three of King Four deals with corporate citizenship. Now, if if you go to principle four, it talks specific principle three. It is quite specific uh, about uh, transformation at what boards needs to do in relation to transformation, and this is actually the first time. Uh, in King Four, this is the first time in the King reports that there's specific mention of of transformation. The the other three did, did actually didn't uh, wasn't were not as 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 specific as this. Uh, the 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 other two relate to the principle one uh, that deals with uh, the fact that board should be ethical. Uh, obviously, principle two talks about the creation of the ethical culture, that being a board's responsibility. You know, um, 
But before you, you can only create ethical culture. Uh, if the leadership, when I say leadership, I'm, I'm talking about the board and executive, uh, executive management, uh, combined, uh, you just relate to them as, 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 as leadership. You can only talk about, um, ethical leadership or create, creation of ethical culture if there's commitment from the leadership. You know, they, you know what they say about setting the tone from the top. Mm-hmm. Once you have that commi- that that commitment from leadership, then you, you can start creating uh, the ethical culture. I, I don't know if you want me to take you through. I think I think, I think sort I, of steps. You sort of preempted my my next question because yeah. some of these things are almost at the theoretical level um, easy because companies are very complex and dynamic, and and most of these leaders find themselves in a very because ultimately they sit in expectations um, which shareholders and stakeholders are expecting. Uh, when you look at, for an example, the, the strategy of, of any company, uh, amongst others, is to say, give us value. Give value for the show, to the shareholders. Give values towards the stakeholders. If you're going to uh, in, uh, sort of uh, bring in Q4 principle. So, so that tends to be the preoccupation of so many uh, individual within company, including the top CEO, of course. Uh, so, so in a practical way, uh, because you advise companies around practical implementation of some of these things, what would you say are the practical measures uh, which companies need to do um, to to reflect ethical uh, disposition or to reflect ethical, uh, um, you know, prism, if you like, ethical culture. Yes, ethical culture. Yeah. There, there, are, there are a number of steps that companies need to take to, to get to the ethical culture. Remember, ethical culture is one of the four outcomes of, the, of King 4. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the, what is non-negotiable is the commitment from leadership. But in, in going to the steps, I think the, first, the very first step relates to, to, to the assessment of uh, the state of ethics what other people call the assessment of risk, um, of, of ethical risks or ethics risks. Um, this basically, this is a step that seeks to identify risks and opportunities uh, in, the, uh, in, in the company. Um, I mean, I can give you the examples of, 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 of risks, ethical ethics risks that, that uh, could be identified, for instance, nepotism, uh, sexual harassment, you know, not treating staff uh, equally. The the example of of opportunities would be one where the we, the company actually has values and standards that are clear to to everyone. Um, the company has a good name, a good reputation, no negative stories relating to that company. Those are uh, th- those are um, opportunities. Now, it's important to identify both opportunities and risks because mm-hmm. um, a risk, obviously, you need to deal, to deal with them and try and, and eliminate them or minimize them. Opportunities, you actually need to enhance them. You need to know uh, what those are and then enhance them. Once you've done this uh, state of, of ethics assessment, and then you only then are you able then to, to, to do your ethics strategy because your ethics strategy, you see, it needs to be informed by your state of ethics, what you find when you do your ethics risk assessment. Um, 
once your once once the strategy has been done, and then you can do your code of, of ethics as well as ethics policies. Now, the, the company may vary at the at state time where you do your risk assessment. The company may may have ethics a code of ethics in place. The what comes out of the risk assessment will then inform whether there's an actually a need to revise uh, the code of code of ethics or not, because it doesn't help to have a code of ethics that doesn't talk to the issues. Uh, you know, the purpose of the code of ethics is really to deal with the issues at hand. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you raised that. I tell you yeah. what, um, if I can just interject, I'm glad you raised that because um, almost every company from your your, your small men to a multi multinational conglomerate do have on paper yeah. solid uh, policies, processes, and what have you around ethics and ethical behavior, which are supposedly a building block towards having a a, a notable or, or noticeable company from 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 ethics point of view. Mm. But there is a disjuncture between what you have on your paper infrastructure. And what 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 really happens with an organisation? Okay, for an example, um, KPMG. I promise you, KPMG has policies and procedures on ethics and ethical conduct, and in and yet they were found wanting. So for me, I think you know over and above just you know theory about what ethics and ethical conduct ought to be. The question is how do you deal with companies which have a, a fairly sophisticated, um, you know. Uh, Infrastructure, you know, in terms of documenting processes um, around ethic and ethical conduct, which is supposedly being championed at the top, uh, but somewhere, somehow, this company being found wanting. I mean, Stenoff is another uh, a company that that has grossly uh, found being found wanting from an ethical point of view. So, so, so for me, that's that. How do we get to a point? Uh, because the board, the, the board that you made mention of is or are responsible for providing oversight. How do you account for the boards um, which some of this thing happens under their nose? That's the critical question. You know, it, to me, it boils down to, to behavior uh, by the leadership as well as accountability. There needs to be a time in this country where we make people account for the actions. I give you give you an example of the, the construction uh, companies, uh, for instance, who were found to have uh, colluded uh, when they were tendering for a, uh, just trying to remember this uh, state-owned entity. Um, what, Transnet? Uh, um, not Transnet. Oh, I, I remember it now. Uh, uh, Sandra. They were found to have uh, colluded when they were chasing uh, Sandra contracts in 2006. The, by the competition com- the, by Comcom, the very same companies uh, were again found to have to to to, to guilty of collusion in 2010 uh, football uh, soccer world FIFA World Cup. Now, the the leadership that was there in in, in 20 in, in, in 2010 were they different from leadership that were there in the companies in, in 2006? If there were different uh, leadership teams at a the time, then you'd ask yourself, 
what what is a, what are the new guys learning? Nothing. But you see, these, these are all listed companies. These are all listed companies. These are companies who are audited year in and out by external by external auditors. Why? For, as an example, uh, because they're listed, they're, they're listed. They would have institutional investors as 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 major shareholders in these companies. Now there is a requirement if if some of these institutional investors are um, given mandates by pension funds. Okay, can okay, let's just hold yeah. on to, hold on to that thought, Mzo, because we're going to take an air break. Yeah, we'll come back shortly. Okay. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It is now um, 36 minutes after 6 o'clock. I'm joined in studio by Mzolisi Nkomanda from Nkomanda Advisory Services. Uh, our conversation centers around the article that was published by City Press on Sunday, which is entitled Leaders Beyond Corporate Culture. Uh, in as much as the article, you know, um, is quite thought-provoking so far as uh, how some of the captains in the industry have moved the, the boundaries uh, around inclusive economy or around inclusiveness. But there's more work that needs to be, required, that needs to be done. And, and the only lever which, which I believe is, 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 needs to be activated uh, much more strongly is that of ethical conduct. So Mzolisi, uh, my insular guest, um, is giving us his own insight as to, you know, the value of ethical leadership and the extent to which uh, ethical leadership in, in private companies ought to be activated. Um, so let's see, before we into the break, I think that was an issue. Uh, and, and, and for me, the, the, the pervasiveness of unethical behavior seen in a form of, you know, corruption, maladministration, and everything that else you would have seen in, in standoff, in KPMG, in construction companies, NASPES, and so on and so forth, um, boils down ultimately to uh, a culture of impunity um, and, and, and somehow uh, uh, a risk appetite which is reflected both at board level but also at um, uh, institutional investor side of things. I want to give us your sense as to why do we see similar pattern over and over and again when lessons ought to have been learned uh, for us to be corrective? Nimrat, I think it boils down to uh, a number of things. The the main one is the guys who come from the same circles, the your, your old boys club. Let me give you an example of, of standoff. We spoke of the standoff earlier. If, if you look at the profile of the standoff board, you have the who's who in the talk, in the corporate world, but the company still collapsed. Now, it what it, it says is that the the CEO, the the chairman, were basically given the cut blanche to do whatever they they wanted to do without being asked by these guys. Now, it also talks to lack of transformation. Remember, we started up, we started talking about transformation earlier. We t- also talk about, it also talks to transformation. Because, uh, one, you just think about what happens at board meetings. For instance, where you have, uh, people who, who, who look the same, who think the same, who have the same interests, they will not rock the boat. 
Now, this is where the problem is. And, and this is where the, the, the value of transformation uh, comes to the picture because transformation also talks to uh, the diversity of views, driven partly by, you know, different backgrounds, etc. Uh, but the, the, the fact that you have another example uh, is, is NASPES. You know, in 2017, uh, the annual, annual general meeting of the uh, the, that company, one shareholder asked the chairman, who's not, who's Ghost Becker, asked him about uh, the, the remuneration policy of the company. Thus, Ghost Becker refused to answer the question. But basically refused to answer the question. And in fact, made a, made a comment that to him or for him, corporate governance is a nice to have. Now, if you go to the annual report of the same year, the the board there, you know, in the, the section that deals with the board, the board talks about how they value corporate uh, corporate governance, etc. This is the board that is chaired by someone who says he doesn't care about corporate governance or corporate governance is nice to have. Now, th- that's another example of this culture of impunity that you're talking about. I mean, there's there's there's, there's a lot of examples. For as long as we have that uh, prevail, prevailing in the private sector, because it is very common in the private sector, you will not have ethical organizations, you will not have ethical leadership, you will not have sustainable businesses. Again, the point I'm, I'm at, the, at the expense of, at the, at, I'm repeating myself now when I say uh, the stand of, if you look at the stand of board, the who's who in the corporate sector, but still fail. Ask yourself why. It has nothing to do with the abilities of the guys who sit on that board. But it has to do with the body-body in the board and, and, and this lack of, of, of diverse views, in my view. I think, I think that's a very interesting observation um, that you've just made there, in that uh, you know, um, the failure of um, very reputable board is not so much about lack of skills, yeah. lack of, of uh, industry uh, understanding norms. It's yeah. not about um, uh, financial resources, do R&B and so on and so forth. It is deeper than that. But perhaps maybe somebody who is listening to the show tonight, who finds himself in that space where a voice of, dis- uh, a, a, a voice of, of, of dissident is not encouraged, Okay, because I do not believe for a second that uh, where there's been a colossal of governance failure is as a result of inability of individuals to raise um, their, 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 their to raise to raise very strongly and sharply their their discontent. It is just that uh, perhaps maybe there are power blocks within that particular board, yeah. um, you know, uh, based on. God knows what. Either this one is a founder, um, you know, uh, chairperson, or is a is a founding member of the company, and so on and so forth. So, to somebody who experienced these kinds of dynamics within the board, what would be your advice in in so far as? Because ultimately, here, here's the biggest setback. It doesn't matter when you 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 know when when Stanoff collapsed, um, for an example, all the board members. Um, reputation go down the drain. But what is the recourse of that individual who said, I saw this coming, I've raised this issue um, um, you know, with, with the chairperson, but I was ignored. But how, how do you, what, what would you advise that board member who sits uh, like a sore thumb 
uh, in that in that board meeting? I think if, even even if you are a lone voice, you still continue as a board because you have you you as a person sitting in that board have a fiduciary duty, a responsibility uh, to serve and do the right thing for the board or in the interest of the company rather. You continue to raise or dissent, uh, even if it means you go to the extent of insisting that perhaps, for instance, in the minutes, it is noted that you have dissented, so that you have dissented on a, on, on, on whatever it is that you didn't, didn't agree up, uh, about. You, you could even go outside. I mean, I, I would go outside, uh, the company, outside the board, if it comes to that. And uh, raise these issues with, for instance, you, you know, the, 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 the larger shareholders. The, those, those would be your institutional investors. Who, by the way, uh, in, in, the, in the earlier point that we made, are also guilty because they come from the same cycles. You know, when you talk about accountability now and, 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 and the culture of fidelity that you spoke about. So if you, as a board member, a lone voice, hit a wall, from time to time you hit the wall, you go to, uh, I would, as if, if I were that, that person, I would go to the institutional investor. If I were that person, I'd raise some of these things with the internal audit, with, with, the, with the audit committee, for instance, or talk to audit, talk to someone. And it, it, because if you keep quiet uh, and just keep raising these things until the company collapses, like in the case of, of Steinhoff, then you you you'll be lumped in the same in the same you'll be painting the same brush. Going outside is an option. In other words, you go to institutional investors, you go to the the committee. Uh, if, if you could argue argue with me that maybe the committee is made up of the same people, but at least there'll be a record that says you have raised this thing with the audit committee because it's a risk. Mm. It, it, it's one of the risks now. Because I think I think what what is coming out from what your your position is is um, a board member or an executive that find himself in that kind of quagmire. You need to have a platform where you can raise your 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 your, your voice or your dissent. Absolutely. Um, so that is recorded. Yeah. In an event that when questions are asked as to what did you do when this kind of resolution were taken, yeah. you say, well, here's a record. I raised on this day, I raised on this day, but I was ignored because in some of these things, some of these instances, you know, obviously it's a lot it's all about uh, majority because in some instances, board members will vote on a particular issue. So that would be advice to that kind of a person. Yeah, there's no guarantee though. Uh, if you remember this, this kind of thing, uh, as early, as far back rather, as 20, uh, 2007, uh, some, some of the financial journalists raised the issues around accounting uh, Lack of transparency around accounting treatment of said, said in some of the uh, um, in some of the entities, those were ignored. They were bullied, so it, it may not work, but it, it is something that's worth doing. Which leads to my next question: courageous leadership, because um, far too long most uh, people are happy to conform, and to be a courageous leadership to stand against uh, top boys and girls. At, at the corporate level, you need guts. Yeah. Uh, you need guts of steel. So the question for me is, I mean, in, going back to this article, which is entitled Leaders Beyond Corporate Culture Within Corporate, and, and here's something that, that is coming for me as I, as I read this, this, this report. Notwithstanding its um, you know, noble intentions by having conscious companies that 
fundamentally um, addressing transformational issues uh, in a manner that is sustainable because there's a correlationship between transformation and economic growth. Because as you've pointed out, it's not only just a racial issue, but it's also an economic issue. Yeah. It's, a business, it, it's a business case, sure. which is something that in, some of the people don't seem to understand, that transformation within any entity is not only just race, but it's also bringing them best minds. Um, you know that that would serve the interests of that company. But here's something else that that I would want your view on um, on on this particular article, um, because now you're talking transformation. To what extent do you think issues of gender parity? Because in South Africa, um, stats have been done, research has been done as to the pay parity between gender. We know that males are paid more than females. Uh, to what extent do you think this uh, uh, article or these companies reflected in this article, he to the notion of, of, of gender parity? And if someone were to investigate, uh, any of these companies find that there's a huge disparity, disparity pay on, 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 on gender basis. What would your take on that be? Similar, similar, similar response to to to, to the one we we uh, you spoke about earlier. Not sustainable. It is unethical. There is no way that anyone can justify the lack of transformation in that regard. Because, as you rightly say, transformation as doesn't talk just about color. It it talks about gender as well. Because the more diverse your, your board, for for instance. Or, or your executive team, the more and you and the more enriched your the the uh, your, your 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 leadership is, because it, because it you t- you deal with issues from all sorts of angles, the approach etc. So, to me, it's not there's, there's no question about whether you know um, you, it's sustainable. In fact, I, I, is this thing I just think about uh, the the recent case. Uh, that uh, what was this? The now I forget what his name is. Where it ended up in court, and this guy lost. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll remember now. Uh, you know where the the a, a there was a black female black female was promised promotion. Ma- Mark Lambetti. Mark Lambetti. That's uh-huh. the, um, that, that's exactly Lambetti, yeah. yeah. That's exactly the the, the, the example that I, I wanted to, to 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 give you there. It was, it was so embarrassing because Mike Lambetti is one of the thought leaders. Um, absolutely. Very, uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Now yeah. that you touch up Mark Lambetti, yeah. um, because there the are a number of Mark Lambettis out there. Yeah. Um, you just make this one big, one mistake. That yeah. is, this is costly. But how do we, um, because look, look, let's be honest. Uh, Mark is, is a human being like anybody else. And, and I have a lot of respect for Mark. Um, because, I mean, when I was at Vets at some time, he, you know, we awarded him Menex. Menex at the time was the highest um, accolade you could ever bestow on an executive. Management, uh, excellent. He was a recipient of that. And for some reason, I do not think uh, whatever has happened um, has, you know, as, as unfortunate as, as, as it has been, um, surely there's so much that, that, the man could offer, and is still offering uh, uh, South Africans even this point in time. The question for me is, how do we, because there's so many incidents, when you look at KPMG stand of UNESPAS of this world, where there's been incidents of, how can I put them, um, unfortunate incidents that has 
had reputational damage to the extent that people look at these entities or individuals uh, in a manner that suggests that they are, uh, 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 you know, evil or something like that. Surely it can't be uh, because you don't just do one mistake and, and everything great that you have done uh, simply just evaporate because you have just made that, that mistake. The issue, though, for me is whether people learn from other people's mistakes. This is when the incident happened uh, with when when the, when when you talk about the the Mark Lambetti incident. It was not the first time uh, that you had incidents like the one that uh, happened with Mike Lambetti. The difference would be that the others were not as publicized as as, as in because it's high profile. So, for me, the issue is when people make mistakes. Do does that person and others who know of those mistakes learn from them or not, or is it a question of people knowing? Again, going back to your to your culture of impunity, people knowing whether they can continue doing that which they have always been doing because they know that they can get away with it. Remember, we're talking about ethical leadership. It starts with you. It starts with you. There, there was a CEO who said this um, and, and, and emphasized this every, every time we talk about organizational ethics. He says, forget about the company. Forget about the organization. Just focus on you. The individual. It starts with you. So it, 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 we talk about Mike Lambetti. It starts with him. There may very well have been, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm being unfair to him when I, when I say this, but there may have been others who have done something similar uh, that he knows of, but he, he still did whatever he did. So the, moving forward, the question is, will the, the uh, people learn from Lambetti's mistake so that it doesn't get... But then again, you, you need... People need to be made to be to be made accountable for 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 their actions, and and knowing that you'll be made accountable for for whatever you do will minimize some of these things. But 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 talk of accountability. Uh, yes, in principle, I agree with you that we all need to be accountable. Um, you know, uh, because we we can't be law unto ourselves. But there are structures, um, you know, uh, within companies. Um, that looks at issues of accountability. Why is it that we are failing to heed to those, um, you know, processes that we have initially agreed upon? Because when you move into a space, okay, you you become an extension of that particular company, which means without any exception, you abide uh, to rules and regulations, policies and processes, everything that has to do with that company, you abide uh, with that, but how do we get to a point where we, we we don't seem to follow through? Is it because the structures that are in place are not effective, or what is it? Numerate, let me take you back to to Mike Lambetti and, and and Imperial. When the promises that were made by uh, the company to this uh, uh, black female uh, were not forthcoming. She complained and complained and took this thing to to her to, to superiors. It got to a point where she threatened to report Mark Lambetti to the chairman. And she was told, I think, by the HR person 
don't even think about it. Naras Maglambeti is too big uh, for for him to be take to to be taken through what you want 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 him to go through. Now, in that company, there there are systems, there are controls, there are procedures, all of them nice and writing. But see, if they are not going to be followed by people who should be following them, they mean nothing. They mean they mean nothing. Again, it goes. If 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 the the if the the top leadership doesn't follow some of these things, it doesn't it doesn't don't act as examples in following some of these things, then the people below them will simply ignore them. Okay, maybe as as we are about to wrap up this very uh, interesting conversation, for those who have just joined us, I'm joined in studio by by Mzonisi Mkomanda, who is the head of Mkomanda's adversary services. We were sort of um you know. Uh, unpacking very interesting article which was published uh, by the City Press, wherein they, 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 they are you know showcasing um, excellence from a, a consciousness point of view. That is, companies that are, are supposedly conscious, as a responsible, as a responsible citizen, uh, so so to speak. So so the kinds of issues that are coming through, uh, we, we sort of zero in on the. The, the importance of, ethic, of, of ethical leadership, because you can't talk of a conscious company uh, without addressing ethics and ethical conduct, uh, ethical conducts of every uh, person within that kind of within that kind of company. That is why we talk of issues of of, of you know gender parity, race parity, issues of discrimination, and so on and so forth. So it is in that context. But moving forward, Mzo. Um, if you were to employ a turnaround strategies or a turnaround, turnaround plan on companies such as KPMG or any other company that was found wanting, okay, um, from ethical point of view, what would your advice be? The the first thing I would say is is that they need to be honest with themselves. Look 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 at look at the mirror, and from that moment onwards commit themselves to doing the right thing it's, it, it has to start internally before they, they tell they, they, they tell their stakeholders uh, employees, suppliers etc. It, it, it starts with them they need to be honest with themselves you know you can't lie to yourself because um, ultimately they'll be judged by what they do going forward and what they do going forward has to start with them uh, they have to be clear about separating themselves from the past. Learn from what they they, they, what they happened in the past, and then yeah. Then, <laughs> what, what what do you what, what do you say to to KPMG? But I, I think it's important for them and, and whoever else out there to, to 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 learn from the past and and be honest with themselves, because if 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 KPMG for instance survives, they simply can't afford. To go through the same thing, otherwise they'll be they'll be gone. Absolutely. Unfortunately, <laughs> we have up, up to that point. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on board and, and sharing your 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 thoughts regarding this very complex issue. Well, thanks for invi- for inviting me. You're welcome. And uh, that is uh, that was Mzolisi Mkumanda from Mkumanda's Advisory Services giving us his insight around what is obviously very complex dynamic uh, uh, issues at hand. Until we meet again, it has been my pleasure. Have a good one.